0: Hello, and welcome to Folklore Fever. My name is Trevor Pullman, and together we're going to journey through stories that shape folklore from various parts of the world. Let's dig in. As the rain began to fall, Lucy tightened her red leather coat around her. She was only a few blocks from her home where the bus had dropped her off, but she was regretting not wearing something with a hood to cover her hair. She would need to run so that she didn't look too awful by the time she got home. She thought to herself, Ah, who am I trying to impress anyway? I'm gonna sit down with a glass of wine or two and some sweats and watch some trashy reality TV anyway. She didn't have a reason to stay in her business clothes, as she was probably going to order takeout from the Thai place on the next road over. As the storm began in earnest, Lucy stole a brief glance at the clouds, noting that they did not look too bad. The rain would probably stop before midnight. She ran across a crosswalk to avoid being splashed by a car if it drove through one of the nearby puddles. Now the rain was starting to come down hard and in sheets. She was used to this kind of weather back home in her little midwestern farm town. But Lucy thought Denver wasn't supposed to get this much rain. It was coming down so thick she was not able to see across the street. She thought to herself that she needed to be careful to avoid any traffic. Likely because of the storm, she was the only one on the sidewalk that she could see in the limited visibility. Deciding it wasn't worth continuing to walk in the rain because it might damage her work laptop, Lucy took refuge in the doorway of a quick shop when she began to hear a sound from her childhood. Far in the distance, Lucy could hear a tornado siren begin to blare. She was very familiar with the sound as she had heard it every Saturday at noon all summer. Her little farm town tested their sirens with a religious fervor not seen outside of a monastery. The sound was fading in and out, just like Lucy was used to. As the sirens would rotate at the top of the telephone pole they were mounted on, what struck Lucy as strange was the fact that Denver even had tornado sirens, as tornadoes rarely hit the area due to the foothills sheltering the city. Even stranger is that it was October, which was pretty late for a tornado even in her childhood hometown. As Lucy pondered what the odds of this kind of storm hitting Denver at this time of year were, she realized that the siren she was hearing from her right across the street now sounded as if it was coming from behind the quick shop, off to her left. Lucy shook her head and chalked the sound up to reverberation off the buildings and the foothills. Just as she put her head down to try and press forward to her apartment, Lucy saw something move in the road in front of her. She figured it must be a car, as its outline was unclear due to the amount of rain still coming down. She pressed closer only to see that the car had something sticking out of it that went much higher than any accessory for a car she knew of. It was like the car had a large tree coming out of the center of it. As she tried to figure out what this strange shape ascending from the car could be, the sound of the tornado siren began to blare directly above her. As a crack of lightning lit up the sky, Lucy was horrified at what she saw. Towering over the smaller buildings in the area was a gigantic humanoid shape. However, where the head of the shape should have been was two large funnels. Lucy immediately realized the object she saw on the road was not in fact a car with some aftermarket accessory sticking out of its roof, but a large foot with the object coming from the top connecting it to this monstrous form looming 40 feet over the street. The sky had returned to its natural darkened state after the bolt of lightning had lit it for a split second so that all she could see was the limb resting in the middle of the street. As Lucy took a closer look at the foot, she could see why she had mistaken it for a car. The flesh of the foot was withered with large clunky pieces of rusting metal penetrating throughout it at various angles. Just as she began to make out the details of the appendage, she saw the portion that she would call the leg begin to bend down and forward, just like if she bent her ankle to squat. Lucy realized this and looked up to see the two large funnels roughly 20 feet above her. The giant creature had seen her and was now crouching down to get closer to her. Lucy screamed and began to run back the way she had come, rushing through the unlocked door of the Quick Mart. Really coming down out there, isn't it? Asked the high school-aged clerk as he offered her a grin, his shiny braces reflecting the harsh artificial light of the Quick Mart. Lucy, eyes wild, began to run to the back of the store as the teen seemed too stunned to speak at her response to his friendly greeting. When she reached the back of the Quick Mart and pushed her dripping back up against the cold glass of the beer cooler, she saw something enter the light of the Quick Mart sign. It was a funnel, one of the large funnels that rested atop the creature. Lucy could see that it too had withered rotten-looking flesh on it that was the reddish-brown of rusted iron. As the tornado siren blared louder, she understood that this creature was the one actually making the noise. There had never been a real tornado siren, and probably no threat of a tornado. But this threat was much more immediate. The funnel on the creature began to rotate, with a second funnel coming into view. As the siren blared, Lucy realized that she had seen this exact shape many times before. It was the same shape as the tornado sirens in her hometown, except where those were simply green metal designed to amplify a speaker. These sirens were organic, the edge rimmed with teeth like a mouth. The teen clerk panicked as he saw the creature before the volume of the noise increased drastically. The whale shattered the glass that made up the front of the quick shop and blasted the store with a hot, rancid-smelling gust of wind. Lucy winced and covered her ears with her palms, a searing pain ripping through her mind as the sound felt like it would tear her apart. The clerk, who was much closer to the creature and the windows, was not so lucky. As pieces of glass tore at his skin, he held up his hands in front of himself. Just as abruptly as the sound had struck the glass storefront, it ended. Lucy opened her eyes, which had been scrunched in pain, to see that the clerk had fallen to the counter, facing her. She could see his eyes were glassy as blood ran from his ears and flowed from his mouth, his gums bleeding from the immense pressure and vibrations emitted from the creature. Lucy hid behind a shelf among the broken glass and scattered snacks in the ruins of the quick shop as she saw a massive, mummified hand reach into the store and grab the clerk, his shiny braces now covered in a wave of crimson from his gums. As the hand retracted, taking the body of the teen with it, Lucy realized her ears were ringing so loud she couldn't hear the tinkle of the glass as the last fragments of what had been the glass storefront fell to the pavement, shattering. As the boy was taken out of the store and up into the sky, she could see the creature straighten up and begin to walk away. She sat there in the rubble for a few moments until she realized that as the monster left, the storm receded with it. Siren Head is a creature that is described as 40 feet tall, with a rotten, withered skeletal frame that lacks a head, but instead has two large sirens protruding out of a slender neck. These large sirens, although metal, still contain various organic elements, being described as a gigantic humanoid mouth without lips, teeth sometimes visible. Its teeth, however, can only be seen at certain times. This is affected by another trait, the ability that the sirens themselves hold. Sirens play, as most sirens do, various broadcasts, often at very loud volumes. Air raid sirens, garbled music, and human voices are all reported by people that had encounters with the creature. The earliest reported encounter with Siren Head was in 1966 in Arizona, where a family driving through the desert at night reported movement between two telephone poles where what seemed to be a third telephone pole began to move and follow the car for a short while. During this time, the family's car began to experience strange interference on their radio. The next major sighting of the creature was in 1978, where a nine-year-old girl was exploring the woods behind her home. As dusk began to settle and the sun set, she began to hear her mother's voice calling her home. However, the child noticed that her mother's voice was not coming from the direction of her house. She also stated that her mother's voice sounded metallic and echoed in an unnatural way. The little girl, being familiar with the portion of the woods she was in, instead chose to return back the way she had come, returning home rather than following the metallic voice of her mother. Six years later, in Allegheny National Forest in Pennsylvania, four teens had gone on a camping trip in the woods when they went missing. The teens were reported missing, and the rangers were searching for the group, finding nothing. One of the teens showed up on his parents' front step, shaken and disoriented. The teen was obviously traumatized. Unable to rationally explain what had happened, he ranted about a large creature that towered over the treetops, taking his friends. At the conclusion of the search and rescue efforts for the other three teens, the only trace of the remaining teens was a tennis shoe found looped around an upper branch of one of the tall trees. There have been several more reports across the country of similar events people going missing in the woods, strange voices or music playing, and most frightening, the rupturing and melting of the soft tissues around the face, such as the sinuses and eardrums. However, these reports go back further than we can imagine, as there have actually been cave paintings depicting this creature. This would mean that this giant would pre-exist the creation of our modern siren. Luckily for us, this creature, along with the reports I just recounted to you, are entirely fictional. Siren Head was created in 2018 by Canadian horror artist Trevor Henderson. He created the creature and the mythos surrounding it from whole cloth. Siren Head and Henderson's artistically manipulated images spread quickly across the internet and various sites like Reddit and 4chan. This led to Siren Head being included in several video games and digitally manipulated photos and videos. Henderson has stated that he was inspired by another similar internet creature that has spread like wildfire, which has led to video games, books, doctored photos, and even a few future films. The Slenderman. Slenderman's origins trace back to 2009, when a paranormal photoshop contest was held on the comedy website Something Awful. Part of the contest was that the uploader needed to try and pass off the photos as authentic on several paranormal forums. One of the participants of the contest, named Eric Knudsen, uploaded a pair of photos that showed a faceless, tall, thin humanoid, which seemed to be stalking several anonymous children. The photos spread rapidly across various websites, as they were generally taken to be true. Less than two weeks later, two additional users from Something Awful began a web series called Marble Hornets, which expanded the lore of Slenderman. This would be one of the largest single ways that Slenderman continued to be expanded on for about three years. At that time, an indie game called Slender began to go crazy as several professional Let's Players on YouTube and streamers began to play it on their channels. This led to the writers of Marble Hornets being brought in to write a second video game called Slender, The Arrival, completely separate from the first game. This all culminated with Sony producing a feature-length film. All of the buzz surrounding the fictional creature led to tragedy, however. In 2014, two girls attacked a classmate of theirs, stabbing her 19 times in an attempt to offer her to the Slenderman. Luckily, the victim survived, and although the two girls were found not guilty due to mental issues, they have been sentenced to 25 and 40 years in mental health institutes, respectively. Although Slenderman... Is probably the most influential internet folklore creature today. another early piece of internet folklore was chain letter emails, which claimed that something bad would happen to you if you did not follow the instructions included with the message. Associated with the chain letters is the story of Smile.jpg. This story recounts a tale that anyone who's had in an email account can relate to. Smile.jpg first appeared on 4chan's paranormal board. It features an image of a husky which has very humanoid teeth. The photo seems to be of a Polaroid image, which also includes a pair of bloody fingerprints below the image of the dog. The accompanying email message would state that if the email was not forwarded, this dog in the image would visit them in their dreams. This was said to drive the victims insane, giving them horrendous nightmares night after night. If the image was still not forwarded at that point, the dog would appear in its true demonic form, dragging the victim's soul to hell. This is one of the most well-known and extreme forms of the chain letter phenomenon, which has a much more reduced digital format, due to the rise of social media and spam filters on inboxes. It is much easier to post on Facebook or Twitter your chain letter and promptly have someone call you out on it. These chain letters have given way to fake news stories and other online conspiracy theories, As part of this, the appearance of modern urban legends such as Slenderman or Smile.jpg has waned. To date, there hasn't been any well-documented cases of any of these modern creatures appearing. But, you can't believe everything you read online, right? Thank you for listening to Folklore Fever. This episode was written and researched by me, Trevor Pullman. The opening theme is by Miyu. You can find more of his excellent work at thedarkpiano.com. If you would like to contact the podcast, please send an email to folklorefever at gmail.com. See you soon.